0: The Adorable Boys are back. Another edition of the Adorable Boy Podcast. Thank you for joining us. We are styling. We are profiling. We are jet flying. We are limousine riding. Woo! That is who the Adorable Boys are. Thank you for joining us. We have so much, so much to get to this week. Just going to be a great time for us all. We got the podcast war coming up in a few minutes. We have a whole new game show that I think you're going to love. We have Vito the Vegan Guido stopping by. We're going to talk news. We're going to do so much more, too. I couldn't even begin to tell you, so I won't. Had a pretty good week last week. Um, getting ready for Christmas, went out shopping, you know how that is. Yeah, I, I try not to go to the malls because people recognize me and I'm so famous that I can't have a normal time. But if I go early in the morning, there, there's not as many. So I went and got some shopping done. Bought some things for Christmas, you know, just normal stuff. You know, that a, a millionaire podcaster like me would buy and it's just a lot just so much uh so much out there you know what i mean it's just it's just crazy out there with the covid and the and the crazy people the insanity the masks and the not masks and the zealots on both sides who i've talked about ad nauseum numerous times uh, i know a lot of places in the country stores are closed and i guess we'll see If that works this time, because it didn't work last time. But we'll see if it works this time. So, yeah. Okay. Now, I guess we should get right down to business, shouldn't we? With the, uh... A very special Christmas edition of the...
1: Podcast War.
0: Now, Jim Cornette, he fancies himself an atheist. But I'm sure he still celebrates Christmas. And um, I wonder, you know, I'm sure he's one of those people who say, I believe in science, I believe in science as a, as a catch-all. But I wonder if he knows that if you do believe in science, if you really, you know, go by the scientific method, then you could never be an atheist. You could only be agnostic or theist, I guess. Um, and that would just be on faith. So I guess you could be an atheist, but that's also on faith. And faith is what people at Jim Coyne had attack. Um, and my, my point is in saying that is, um if god does exist i think anyone would agree that he is supernatural that he created nature he created the laws so he is above them he do- they don't apply to him he created them if he does exist as some people think he don't he doesn't but so if he does exist and he is supernatural then he is far beyond our grasp to prove or disprove using science so yes a person that believes in god will tell you that it's all on faith well, uh, an atheist will tell you that it's based on science, but but science can't say, tell you anything about God because God, the laws of science don't apply to God. As I said last week, and I've said, but said my whole life, my whole adult life, that science is a tool to find truth. The truth about whether God exists or not is isn't. Science can't reach that. It's not a tool that can, that can that can figure that out, because if God does exist and He exists above. Every law that there is. So I wonder if people like Jim Cornette think about that. I doubt it. But I know that Jim Cornette does regard anyone who believes in in any higher power as an idiot and a moron. So um, I guess Christmas must be a tough time for him. Knowing all the wrestling jobs that he's squandered and the way he's destroyed his name in the business by going after heroes like Chris Jericho. Um. So I thought, you know, since it's such a, again, tales of the adorable boy's mag- magnanimity have, have gone far and wide. So I thought that'd be a good thing. It'd, it'd be a classy thing for us to extend an olive branch in this Christmas season. So what we've done is we've made a poem for Jim Cornette. We've g- we're giving a gift to Jim Cornette. You ever hear the story I, during World War either one or two, where on Christmas Day, the soldiers came out and played soccer against each other? This is similar to that, except for Jim Cornette's just going to hide in his hole anyway. We're going to offer an olive branch, a gift to the Jim Cornette podcast in this Christmas season. And that is what the podcast war will be this week. So sit back, relax, and enjoy Coronette's Kowtowing Christmas. Twas the night before Christmas when all through podcasting, not a person was angry except Jim Cornette, who was kowtowing. The headphones are hung by the mics with care, in hopes that the adorable boys would soon destroy Cornette and his terrible hair. The podcast listeners were nestled all snug in their beds, while visions of quality content danced in their heads. Cornette and his fat pants, and his co-host whom he slapped, had continued to kowtow, so their one listener took a nap. When on the internet there arose such a clatter, Cornette sprung to his heavy-duty chair to see what was the matter. It was Jericho again, and he was entertaining the masses. But all Cornette could do is scream, The fans are all asses! Cody Rhodes and the Young Bucks also drew Cornette's ire. He couldn't stand that this wrestling promotion was popular and caught fire. In his day there was Starkade and the Great American Bash. Cornet couldn't face that his time had long passed. Now Cornet liked MJF, but he's the only one. That is until Friedman started to have way too much fun. Lay dinner debonair, now there's a big joke. Like the time Cornette yelled in a Dairy Queen, cause they had forgotten his coke the AEW gold around Kenny Omega's waist, and Cornette's anger was severely misplaced. Because Jim Cornette is actually mad at himself. And another year passed, his career still on the shelf. With a sycophantic co-host as thick as a brick, Cornette's podcast was garbage and is no one's favorite pick. More rapid than Rey Mysterio, He named those he hates. And he cursed and he hollered and his list reached to space. Now Kenny, now Chris, now Stephanie and Vince. And Batista and Santino, they all made him wince. For Cornette is a has-been, he was never great. Not at podcasting or managing or even debate. As he cries from his home, deep in the Kentucky hills. Chris Jericho continues to become rich off of his skills. Bye-bye to your fame, Jim. It hasn't been fun. The adorable boys will fight kowtowing until the war is done. So 2021 won't be your year. But hold on to kayfabe. Maybe Santa will bring you a new career. I hope you enjoy that gift, Jim. Um, please take it in the spirit With which it was intended I want you to have a Merry Christmas Even though you're an atheist So there you go And that is the end of this week's Podcast War Thank you so much For fighting with us And that brings us To the time To hit that familiar music John Cena's inspiring tweet of the week John Cena's inspiring tweet of the week It will inspire you he will inspire you because he's john cena and this is his expiring tweet of the week john cena will inspire you with his tweets okay that brings us to one of my favorite times of the podcast of the week really When we talk about one of John Cena's um, amazing tweets, John Cena, the famous wrestler, famous actor, just all around renaissance man, he tweets and he tweets inspiring things. And what we do is we read them out and we give our our take on it and we just put it out into the world. And this this week's tweet has, uh, I think, that it has a lot to say, especially to a, I won't use his name but to a cow a certain cow towing podcaster with glasses and stupid hair and a bad podcast a boring podcast okay so here it is ready this is john cena Sweeney- john-, <laughs> john cenas inspiring tweet of the week if you want to test an individual's character study their actions when they are given a sense of power and then study again when that sense expires now the reason this um, applies so much, in my opinion, to to kowtowing podcaster Jim Cornette. Oops, I said his name. But the reason this applies to him so much is that at one point he probably had power in wrestling. He 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 was he oversaw. Um, he was a he was a runner. He ran Smoky Mountain Wrestling. He ran um, Ohio Valley Wrestling back in the eighties, nineties, whatever. He was in TNA in a pretty big position. He was in Ring of Honor at one point. And I just, I wasn't there with him then. Um, right now, all I know of him really is being a kowtowing podcaster. But I wonder how he treated people back then, you know? And then I wonder, I wonder, you know, when he had, as John Cena says, when, when he was given a sense of power, I wonder how he treated people. I, I bet it wasn't, you know, he seems kind of, you know, whatever. And, you know, I'm not even going to personalize this to Jim Cornette, but Jim, I think you should listen. There are a lot of people out there, when they get power, they're a different person. They hunger, they lust. They lust for more, really. Really, it is uh, the person who doesn't seek power over other people, power over themselves. Those are the people that succeed. That's John Cena. You know, he's, he was wrestling, and he came into WWE, and he wasn't doing that great, he wasn't that popular, and then all of a sudden, he made it happen. He had the power over himself, so that when he had all the power in the, in the company... He was still John Cena. He didn't he hadn't changed much. That's the thing about him. And that's the thing about the adorable boys. You know, we started off, we were nothing. We had power because we got ratings in the radio industry. And we never really changed. We were always fair and, and magnanimous as you were as it were. We never kowtowed. Never. As I said, you know, a few weeks ago I had a kowtowing test, came back negative. So but John Cena's talking in this tweet about not changing who you are when you get power. You have, you must be fair. You must be magnanimous, as the adorable boys are, even when you have power over people. Because more than likely, that power is going to expire, as John Cena said. And then, you know, that person is down. And, and they've probably alienated a whole bunch of people. that That would have helped them if they were fair people, you know, throughout the whole time. But now won't. Because of how they were when they had power. Power is temporary, my friends. Even for the adorable boys. I mean, we've had it for a long time. And there's no indication that it's going to stop soon, but eventually it will. But we, are, are, we have enough character to remain ourselves through everything. Our situation doesn't change us. We change our situation. And that's just another great, great example of a John Cena inspiring tweet of the week. john cena's inspiring tweet of the week john cena's inspiring tweet of the week it will inspire you he will inspire you because he's john cena and this is his inspiring tweet of the week john cena will inspire you with his tweets That is wonderful. Yes, John Cena's inspiring tweet of the week. Always a fun time. We're going to take it to break. I'm having so much fun on this show. This Christmas edition of the Adorable Boy podcast. Uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter at Adorable Podcast and Instagram at Adorable Podcast and Facebook and all those great things. AOL keyword Adorable Podcast. So we're going to take it to break. We have so much more coming up on. The Adorable Boy Podcast. And goyles, it's your boy, Vito the Vegan Guido, and I'm here to ask you if you like to play poker with the best of them. Do you like to go all in when you got aces up and you're playing a single shooter? Do you like to make a back raise after a barrel on a bad beat when your bankroll is bonkers? Or are you the kind of player who makes a big bet on a big blind when you've got a handful of blanks and you're bluffing in a big blocker? Do you drop on the flop when there's a rainbow rag with four on the floor? Well if so, then you should come down to Vito the Vegan Guido's Illegal Poker Club. Every night degenerates from throughout the county come to spend their rent money on their horrible addiction and guess what, Vito's finally cashing in on it. Come play with our team of dealers that consist of swarthy teenagers, ex-cons, and rabid alcoholics. We're located right above the Olive Garden so I have to use Lou's. You can search the dumpster for dinner, but make it vegan. So come on down to Vito's Illegal Poker Game, and remember, yous can pay your mortgage, but yous don't have to. Get it? That's, that's like my line that I say.
1: She's having a fit. Well,
0: maybe she needs quality podcast content the adorable boy podcast with my clientele
1: i need them keeps babies drier than cloth diapers
0: here's why moisture goes through the adorable boy Podcasts.
1: Stay dry lining and is absorbed in the padding below the lining helps keep wetness from coming back on baby so baby stays drier
0: outside the adorable boy podcast episodes are waterproof
1: and there's no washing i'll
0: take a dozen
2: shoes no kowtow free episodes of the adorable boy podcast
0: the Adorable Boy Podcast.
1: For drier, happier babies.
0: Hello, yes. This is Spud, the Adorable Boy Podcast. Welcome back. So glad to see you. We love to see you. We're going to walk you through this thing we call podcasting, we're going to do it tenderly. Like a loving lover would do, who loves you. Okay, we are we are moving right along on this edition of the Adorable Boy Podcast, and I see right now, uh, I see outside uh, the, outside the studio here. I see through the glass. Uh, it was a guy named he uh, debuted a couple weeks ago on the podcast, and apparently, either he's ignoring my request for him to go straight to the Adorable Boy kitchen, or Frank and Beans is just incompetent. Because we all know how stupid radio producers are. But anyway, he's coming into the studio. So I guess we'll have him uh, sit down. And uh, we'll see how this goes. We'll talk to him. And hopefully he will hopefully has something to cook this week. He didn't last week. But here he comes. Uh, it is none other than Vito the Vegan Guido. Hey, Spud. Good to see you, Paisan. H- how you doing? Hey Vito, um, whatever happened to going straight to the kitchen? It's down the hall. It's, you know, it's pretty close. And I can talk to you from there. You got headphones. You know, it'll just get, it'll help the show move faster. You know, I've been doing this since I was 18. And I just know some stuff. So if you could just go straight to the kitchen next time. And we'll talk there. You know what I mean? Spud, you ain't, you you ain't liking Vito no more? I mean, you don't want me to come in here anymore? Oh, it's not that. It's not that video it's just it, as I said it'll help the show move for anyway you know what? we'll talk about it later. the uh, the adorable boy disciples they're here they want they want to listen to you cook but yeah, let's see how you're doing first uh, how is that investment business going? have you uh have you got any customers have you got any clients tell me tell me how that's going whoa 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 no 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 Did't you hear the commercial that ran before? I'm out of that business. That business was no good, not for me. Now I run an illegal poker game in a room above an olive garden. An illegal poker game? Yeah, didn't you hit a commercial? Just ran right before. So, I guess I I mean, I guess I did listen to it now that you mentioned it, yeah. Um, so you're advertising an illegal something that's illegal. Whoa, whoa, whoa Spud, let's keep the let's keep the legalities quiet about that, huh? I'm trying to become a legitimate businessman. You know, I hustle. I get things done. But you just you just said it in a commercial. You just said it right now that it's illegal. Sput, uh, it's just a poker game that I, I don't have a license or anything like that for. You know, and it's just gambling, which is illegal. But listen, are, are we here to talk about that? Talk about how I make my money? Or do we want to cook some fine vegan cuisine? Yeah, you're right. You're right. Um I don't know why I didn't say that earlier twice. But anyway. Uh I your music? You can go ahead and go on and uh yeah, okay. Vito is on his way out of the studio. Going to head over to the adorable boy kitchen. Could I let him get settled there? And we'll hit his music. Um, Forza. Yes, Forza indeed. Vito, I don't know what that means, but I remember seeing it for uh, when Italy was in the World Cup. All those years ago. So yeah, he's on the microphone in the kitchen. That's how you just heard that. Uh, he's getting the headphones set up, and, Frank and Beans just is in my ear telling me that he's ready. So we're gonna head to the Vito, the Vegan Guido's cooking vegan cooking segment. Maybe we should call it like Vito's Kitchen or something like that. Well, we'll figure it out. Okay, so uh, take it away, Vito. Okay guys and guysettes, we are here in the adorable boy kitchen. It's your boy, it's Vito, you know that. I am Vito the Vegan Guido, and we're going to make some nice vegan chicken parmigiana. Always going to make your mouth water like, like just like Nona Rosenberg used to make. Ooh. We're going to have some fun in this kitchen today guys, so get your fun hats on. Get your beaters, get your fists ready, we're going to have some fun. Okay, okay, now, now what we're going to use here going to use tofu, we're going to use tofu, that's tofu, for this recipe, and anytime you work with the tofu, the challenge is to not make it taste like a doorstop. So we're going to get to it, we're going to make this tofu taste like great chicken parmesan, like your mom used to make, and not the doorstop, like the one that holds, up, holds, holds open the door. So what you're going to need, of course, you're going to need the tofu. Tastes like a doorstop, but not when we're done with it. And we're gonna need some vegan chicken bouillon, garlic butter, cheddar cheese, the bread cum- crumbs, and the mozzarella. That's so pale, it's like that Mick chick that I scored outside the Springsteen concert that night in Hoboken. Oh yeah, whatever. That I'm sorry. That, that was insensitive. That Irish broad. Okay. You're also going to need your favorite vegan pasta and your mother's famous gravy. I won't get into how to make those, because if you don't have a vegan pasta and gravy recipe, you ain't worth nothing, you bachagaloup. So you get those, then you come back and talk to Vito. Okay, so now, first we got to thaw, we got to thaw and drain the tofu, like I used to drain the boils in my pop's neck. You know, you got, you get that done. Then you marinate the tofu in the chicken bouillon. And it'll give you that great taste you've come to to know from real chicken parmesan. Now, while all that's happened, you gotta get the cheese. You gotta get the garlic. You gotta get the breadcrumbs and the butter. And you mix it all up, you pasta chote. You mix it all in with the tofu. Then you top it with mozzarella. You pop it in the oven and boom. You got a nice vegan chicken parmesan. It only kind of tastes like an old baseball mitt that my Uncle Joey gave me when I was 10. And now this is going to feed, you know, you, you make you make the recipe for as many people as you're cooking for. And a nice Sunday dinner, you're going to make a few of these, you know what I'm saying? But if it's just you and your, you and the, the broad at home one night, you just make the one, one and a half, depending on how much your broad eats. And let me tell you, fellas, speaking of broads, you pair this with a nice light mer- merlot that you can get from the gas station, and this is gonna bag any dame that you got your eye on. But make sure you kick her out before the boys come over, right, guys? <laughs> now, Spud, that's how you make it nice. So, that's this week's Cooking with Vito. And remember, yous can eat meat, but yous don't have to. Thank you, Vito. Another great addition. I'm sure you'll be back soon. Maybe not next week. Maybe we'll give it a rest. But uh, you are a staple of the Adorable Boy podcast now, my friend. So thank you. Okay, we are getting set up for a game show that we're going to play. Before we we get to that and while they're setting up, I saw this article um, that I wanted to bring up because it reminded me of a story in my life. Um, And I don't know what paper this article is in or if it even exists, but it said that... um, you know, it, it was wonder, It was basically talking about how the youths of today might have a hard time advancing in their, car- their career in a post-COVID world. And who knows if that's true or not. That's not the point. You know, it's kind of a stupid article anyway. But it reminded me of, of it was my first job in radio, and that was way down in Pinellas Park, Florida. And I had this job at a radio station, and I was just doing like... Doing a lot of grunt work, and every once in a while they would throw me a shift, and I would introduce songs. You know, nothing big, but it was my first job. I was happy to be on the radio. So one, um, my my program director took a liking to me, and he invited me out one night, and it was a thing at a bar, and there were going to be all these corporate guys there and all that kind of stuff. So I went. And I was supposed to drive him home. I think that's why he invited me. Not that he didn't like me, but I, you know, in that situation, he's like, "I like the guy. You can give me a ride right home. It's a win-win." So I went, and um, I actually I came right from my second job at that point. Even I still had my screwdriver from that job in my pocket. So went there, and then you know, I was talking to the corporate guys. The first time I met a lot of them, and I really hit it off with of them. They all liked me immediately, so that was cool. And uh, so at some point during that, I'm going to the bathroom, and uh, the big head muckety muck of the of the whole media corporation, he's in there. And there's an escort in the men's bathroom with him, and she's trying to get money out of him, saying that she's going to tell his wife that he hired her for the event and, and whatever else they did or were going to do. And she wanted him to pay her so that she wouldn't do that. And uh, you know he didn't want to. He didn't want to get a divorce if his wife found out. He would have ha- had to probably, and he would have lost half his money and everything. And and from from what I remember, I think he had a a, a sick child at home, and. You know, I'm sure that weighed into his, you know, decision too. So I wanted to keep it all quiet. So I figured, okay, I'm going to help this guy out. Not because he's the head, you know, head guy of the station and it could help me out. But just because he's a guy who needs help, you know what I mean? So I looked at her and I said, uh, if you don't cut this out right now and leave, I'm going to call the cops. And she said, what are you going to call the cops for on me? You can't prove that I'm an escort. So I took the screwdriver out of my out of my pocket and it still had some some blood on it from the job earlier and I threw it at her face just like a lob and she caught it cuz that's what I wanted her to do and I said that screwdriver was used to in an extortion plot earlier to get money out of a politician and that blood is the blood of his 8-year-old son that I held it to so now your fingerprints are on it um and that that's you know the cops are going to think you did this and who do you think the cops are going to believe an escort or me and this multi-million dollar corporation head, you know? So, you know, make, I basically said, make your choice. So she did, and she just walked out Threw the screwdriver back of me. I put it back in my pocket, and she left the bar. And the corporate guy was so happy, you know, that that I helped him out. You know, he was telling me how great it was and how I have a bright future and all that kind of stuff. So go back outside, have some more drinks. And uh, my one of, one of my friends calls me up, my buddies. And he says uh, he had a late-night job he was going to do. It was a small-time bank, but it was going to be a decent payday, something like 10000 each. So he wanted me to join him. It was just me and him. So I went and did it, you know, back, you know, because I, I got into a little bit of everything back then. It didn't get messy. We only had to ice one security guard. Um, so, you know, whatever. But either, anyway, if I, I was, you know, doing the job, so I forgot to drive my program director home, so i just completely forgot until the next morning when i walk into work and the guy the head of the corporate is there that you know the guy from the bathroom i think he promised to stayed up all night he had a, another escort with him too this one was a lot more uh, amenable anyway and he says to me uh, you're the new program director and i was like what I, I yeah i pretty much just started here and you know where is i'm not going to use the guy's name but where is he where where's the old program director and they told me that uh, he took a ride with a stranger the night before and then uh, 4am came around and he's laying in a drainage ditch with his hands cut off and his genitalia shoved in his mouth. So, you know, that was my first promotion. Tripled my salary. Really gave me a launching pad for where I am today. Um, so, and, and I guess my message on this is to the youngsters out there, you know, never give up. You never know what's, and, and, and take every opportunity, even though, even if it seems it's going to be a dead end. Because I didn't go out to that bar that night thinking. A chain of events is gonna, you know, go and go into motion that would lead to me tripling my salary. But it did, you know. And there are you know hundreds of other nights in my life where I went and did something and nothing came out of it. So take every opportunity. One of them is gonna pay off, you know. So, no, that's my only point. I'm just trying to give some positivity in this COVID world, in this you know current COVID world, and the post COVID world that will happen when it's when after you know we'll talk about the vaccine later in the news we'll talk about all that stuff later in the news but right now actually i'm excited i am very excited about what we got coming up it's a new uh, i don't it's it's a new uh, game show and i think it's going to be you know i think it's going to be a hit actually maybe i'll sell it to a network or something um it's called who wants to be a covid governor and we have three you know great great contestants here and you know, I'm going to hit the music, I'm going to hit the game show music, get the, get the mood set, we'll go over the rules. Actually, I'm going to be the host. And it's going to be, you know, I, I've always kind of wanted to be a game show host, I guess. I don't know. It seemed like the right thing to say right now. But anyway. Uh, so get ready for who wants to be a COVID Governor. Welcome everyone to Who Wants to Be a COVID Governor, the game show where three contestants vie to see who can be the least incompetent leader during a global pandemic. Now let's not waste time, let's meet our contestants right now. Now our first contestant is the Governor of New York, who likes to turn into Luca Brasi when any member of the press dares to ask him a question about his incompetence. He has pierced nipples, and he hopes you like them. Son of Mario Cuomo, he's Andrew 11,000 Cuomo. Our next contestant made a lot of money by selling wine. Unfortunately, he spent most of that on hair gel and dinners at French restaurants. Former mayor of San Francisco, they're doing well. And current Führer of California, please give a warm welcome to Gavin duh Newsome and our final contestant made a lot of money at Goldman Sachs now he loves to tell the people of New Jersey what they can do with their hard-earned money don't confront him while he's eating maskless at a restaurant let's hear it for New Jersey governor Phil (coughs) you peasants I'll eat where I want Murphy Okay, now that we're all acquainted, let's get to who wants to be a COVID governor. Okay, first question. Your teenage daughter needs to take semi-naked pictures of herself on the subway, but a TMZ paparazzi is there, and he's primed to catch it on film to put it out as a lead story on their website, rather than wait for the picture to be leaked by you when it may be beneficial for your campaign. So, Governor Cuomo, what do you do about this uncooperative, paparazzi well Spud it's simple I go to the paparazzi's house and I introduce him to the business end of my slapjack I take his camera and I burn his house down okay Governor Cuomo assault and arson how about you Governor Newsom what do you do Well, uh, simple I, I, I let him take the picture it'll get out faster that way and, and everyone will love me uh, well first I chastise him for going after my family and that makes me look good in the press And then the public will side with me, and who cares about the naked pictures? Not me. Okay, we will give the judges a chance to tabulate. If they know what's good for them, they'll vote for Governor Cuomo. Yes, thank you, Governor Cuomo, for for that outburst. Uh, Okay, the results are in, and Governor Murphy gets a point with his sympathy card. And we move on to question two. Governor Murphy, this will go to you first. Your financial plan has failed, and 50% of your state's small businesses are now gone. How do you fix this and maintain the support of your constituency? I uh, Just stay the course. As long as I'm a Democrat, I'll get voted in again. It doesn't matter how hungry the peasants are. Oh Well, calling your constituents peasants a, a bold strategy. Okay, Governor Newsom, your answer. Duh. Okay, not an answer, but probably the best we're gonna get from you on this one. Governor Cuomo, your turn. What is your beef? You don't do anything. You just keep going. They're gonna vote for me anyway. Then you throw a a $10,000-a-plate birthday dinner for yourself. Okay, uh, judges, say... Governor Newsom, wow. I guess simple was the way to go on that one. That brings us to our final question, our third and final question. And this one is worth four points, so it's still anyone's game. Quite a quite a game we have set up here. Anyway, your policy during a pandemic was an utter failure, and the people of your state have seen you openly flouting your own lockdown laws. How do you keep the faith of your state's populace in light of this extraordinary corruption? Governor Newsom, you're up. Uh, blame Trump And Governor Murphy oh, I blame Trump And Governor Cuomo I blame Trump And then I write a book <laughs> Well Governor Cuomo the crowd really liked that one uh, But they're, we'll have to see what the judges say to see who wins this thing They're tabulating right now This is a big moment Lots of, lots of tension in the air okay and here's the results and the judges say nursing home wrecking cuomo he's the winner yes give him a hand give him a hand everyone (laughs) now governor cuomo is there anything you'd like to say to to your state and to the world actually who's listening right now yeah i got something to say it's my state you're just living in it Wow, you know I know a vegan guy who would just love you, Governor Cuomo. So that's the end of Who Wants to Be a COVID Governor, and let me leave you with a quote from a legendary author, J.R.R. Tolkien. And here it goes. The most improper job of any man, even saints, who at any rate were at least unwilling to take it on, is bossing other men. Not one in a million is fit for it, and least of all, those who seek the opportunity. Thank you for joining us on this edition of Who Wants to Be a COVID Governor. Take care, stay healthy, and survive if Cuomo lets you. This is Johnny Carson, Weird Wild Stuff. This is Top 10 List Man himself, David Letterman. This is recording legend, Richard Marks. This is Arnold Schwarzenegger, The Governator. And you are listening to The Adorable Boy Podcast. This fall, you'll find out that the law has a heart.
1: Oh, you gonna have to testify.
0: But... but I'm scared.
1: Yeah, I know it's been stressful.
0: I'll do my best.
1: Okay, while you're doing that, I need to sharpen
0: a pencil for you. I'm scared. Um, are you going to do anything but sharpen that pencil? I'm on trial for murder here. Well, what is your plan for my defense?
1: Well, I started working as an attorney when you was 15 years old.
0: Why did you tell me that? Are are you going to defend me or am I going to go to jail for murder? Okay, you can use this pencil. Pencil? Uh, There's like 20 pencils in front of you. Can I get a different lawyer?
1: Oh, the state is paying for me to be here. Nothing's coming out of your pocket.
0: So do you have any defense planned? I got a couple pencils. Well, I'm going to jail. This fall, learn what it's like to be the law and keep order. Suspenseful Cop Show. We are back on the global boy podcast thank you for joining us we are your friends we are your podcast friends no matter what your mom tells you we are your friends you you can count on us that's all i want to say this has been a wonderful show we're still not even done yet we got still got stuff to do uh, i think i'll might as well take a call got one waiting on here phones lit up as always okay i don't have a name because the screener i think is, is out of the room But uh, line four, we're with you. Uh, What what do you need? The Adorable Boy Podcast.
2: Hi, Spud.
0: Oh, boy, it's you. Uh, Hi.
2: Spud, I've missed you.
0: All right, let me just, before you get going, let me just set this up um, before you get into your insanity. Okay, this is uh, the leader of the unthinking mob. They're the people that, uh, they're the ones that riot. They're the people that make demands, only to have them satisfied and then ask for more things as if they never got anything. Uh, they're the people who say I believe in science, but you know barely ever pick up a book or read anything. So this guy's their leader, or he was their leader, I guess, and he called and he um, called me racist a whole bunch of times, and then he sued me for being racist, and then he came on the show, it's a really long story. He came on the show every week to keep calling me racist, and then I started to ignore him, and he got really mad. Um, and then for some reason, I don't know why he denounced the unthinking mob and is now obsessed with me. And he's written songs and he's, you know, just done a, it's it's just been a nightmare. So go ahead. What do you want, What do you need? Oh, I don't know. I don't know if it's a man or a woman and I don't know their name. So that's, that's where I am on this one.
2: Did you get my package, Spud?
0: Yeah, man. Uh, or, or woman or wh- whatever you are. Uh, you got to stop sending me things, especially things that were alive when you sent them because they never quite make it here that way. They're never alive.
2: I just wanted to show you how I feel.
0: I know, but I'm just sick of receiving the corpses of various species in boxes. You know, we don't we don't need that here. We don't want it here. We don't even open them anymore. They just go right into the garbage. And yes, we know that you've started sending them under the name Miguel Correa, and uh, those ones go into the trash too. So tell Miguel, i.e. you, to stop sending us. Animals. I assume they're alive when you put them in the box, but I, sh- I can assure you they're not when they get here.
2: I can't stop loving you, Spud. Alright, is this all you wanted? No. I just wanted to let you know that I was proposed to last week, but I said no. Because I'm waiting for you. I'm saving myself for you, Spud. With all that implies.
0: I don't even know what gender you are. I, it's
2: Why don't you come over and find out?
0: Okay, please, please just stop calling, and stop sending death through the mail, and please j- get married and and just just go, please. I'm hanging up. Goodbye. I don't know what to do. And th- this 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 person has been bonkers. Yeah, I said it, bonkers from the beginning. Uh, now they're sending me boxes of 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 just decaying animals and. and uh, you know, it's something the kind of thing that haunts your dreams. Now, I've had stalkers before, don't get me wrong. Never quite like this, though. I'd really like uh, that person to leave me alone, but, you know. All right, well, maybe we'll go to another call here, get that taste out of my mouth. Well, okay, this is awesome news. Uh, if there's one person that can get the taste of the unthinking mob out of the mouth, it is wrestling legend Randy the Rocket Rosenthal. Randy, we haven't heard from you in a while. How you doing? Oh, well, well, hi, Spud. How are you doing today? I just, I just wanted to call and check in on you. I'm, I can't tell you exactly where I am, but I'm, I'm somewhere in the world wrestling, and uh, I'm, I'm dominating as always. That's awesome to hear, Randy. You're doing, you're doing good. You're healthy and everything. You're sticking, sticking together. I guess I don't know why I said that. It's not really a thing that people say. But anyway, how you doing, Randy? Oh yes, I'm sticking together quite nicely, Spud. You've always had a way with words. Um, yeah, just, you know, doing the, just getting in the ring, performing for the fans, hitting people with re- the red glare, and counting the one, two, three, you know? Well, that's what you do, Rocket. That's what your fans have come to expect from you, you know? Uh, happy Hanukkah too, Randy, I want to say to you. Oh, yes, bud, and Merry Christmas to you. I know it's a very festive time for everyone, and I just hope everyone is staying safe and healthy. And if you need something to do, if you need to be inspired, find the Rocket. And be inspired by his work in the ring. You know what? There's no arguing there, Rocket. You're, you're you're nothing short of inspirational. Um, Thank you. Thank you very much. Oh, yes, bud. And I will bid you adieu right now. And I'm going to go back. I actually have a wrestling match to get to. And uh, thank you. And I'll talk to you maybe in the new year. Maybe before that. Who knows? Maybe I'll even stop by. You never know where the Rocket's going to land. Randy, you know you have an open invitation in and out of the adorable boy tower, as you please. You're the only one with that privilege, you know. Oh, well, thank you, Spud. That is an honor. Yeah, well, uh, I'll let you go, Randy. Thank you. Have a happy Hanukkah, and uh, we love you. And thank you for doing what you do for our country. Oh, thank you, Spud. Have a good one. Okay, I love talking to Randy the Rocket Rosenthal. He's just inspirational, you know. That that's not even the word for him, but just thank 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 the Lord that he made the rocket. That's what I have to say. Okay, we're gonna move right on. I guess it is finally time to talk about some news on the Adorable Boy podcast. And actually, um, I have a video here I want to play for you. It's not well. It's audio, but uh, legendary actor Tom Cruise went on a tirade. On a move on the movie set of Mission Impossible, whatever number it is, I don't even know. And about it was about people not obeying. Uh, I'll I'll tell you the specifics after I play the audio, but it's basically about people not obeying uh, COVID-19 regulations or whatever. So here we're gonna play this. We gonna get we got it from TMZ.com, and this is audio of Tom Cruise losing it on set. It, it's a little bit hard to hear, but just kind of stick with it because it's important. And uh, I got some thoughts on it. Okay, so here we go. Tom Cruise yelling at his crew on Mission Impossible movie for ignoring uh, protocols for COVID-19. We are the gold standard.
1: You're back here in Hollywood making movies right now because of us. Because they believe in us and what we're doing. I'm on the phone with every studio at night. Insurance companies. Producers. And they're looking at us and using us to make their movies. We are creating thousands of jobs,
0: you Okay, now here's the thing. I got nothing against Tom Cruise. I think he's fine, I don't know much about him, whatever. Um But everything in Hollywood, every, everything in entertainment, as I've grown older and I've as I've been in entertainment, I've 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 seen it for what it often tends to be, which is a big lie. You know, marriages and ki- you know having kids. A lot of some people, I'm sure, have kids for their image. Uh, they get married for their image. They get divorced for their image. They do. They give to charity for their image. They do all these different types of stuff for their image. Now, I get getting angry at, at if people weren't obeying the the rules, and the the whole movie might get shut down because of it. Not that what I read was that these guys were kind of standing closer than six feet while they're to, uh, close, you know, closer than six feet apart uh, while they're looking at a monitor I guess for something, you know, for their work and first of all I don't know that that's, you know the biggest, I don't know if that now I don't know what happened before or you know, at all d- during this filming I don't know if that's a, the thing a tirade comes from, unless it's continually done which maybe it was but if you just see that, you'd say, hey guys, you gotta stand apart you know, you can't, whatever so that's one thing the second thing is, I'm, I'm going to give you a few quotes from this from this tirade of uh, Tom Cruise's. Let me find them here. Hold on, I got them written down actually. Show prep, you know. Okay, so here it is. This is. It starts off with him saying, "We are the gold standard. They're back in Hollywood making movies right now because of us, because they believe in us and what we're doing." Um. Now, I don't know about anyone else here. But when I get angry, I'm often not very eloquent. I'm not thinking of words like gold standard and and you know the the comp- the idea that they're back in Hollywood making movies right now because of us, you know, whatever. Um, it's it's weird, and and it seems forced and it seems fake. It almost seems like this was done so that it could be released. So, I mean, good publicity for Tom. Good publicity for the movie. You know that he's he's righteously angry. So, in my opinion, I'm, I'll say it in no uncertain terms. Terms. I believe they manufactured this whole thing for the publicity. And if anyone says that Hollywood wouldn't do that, or an actor wouldn't do that, a movie studio, it's insane. And and they didn't do it as something like you know, I don't know, some big, really e- egregious, you know, offense. This was something that most reasonable people are like okay they can they can solve them not standing 6 feet you know apart a, a they can you know whatever but i don't it just it just reeks of that to me my bs meter as they say going crazy so i do i believe this entire thing was contrived to, to make a statement to say hey look hollywood's really trying you know because i mean you listen I know all the celebrities I heard, you know, who reacted to this. They all, reacted to this. They all. Some of them might have said he went a little overboard, but none of them disagreed with him. And and you know, except for Leah Remini, who hates him because of Scientology. And, you know, that's a whole other thing. But it's just this reeks of being contrived. So let's listen to a little more. Maybe it'll prove a little more of my point here. So this is uh, more of Tom Cruise uh, erupting on the set of Mission Impossible.
1: I don't ever want to see it again. Ever. And if you don't do it, you're fired. And if I see you do it again, you're gone. And anyone on this crew does it. That's it. And you too, and you too. And you, don't you ever do it again. That's it. No apologies.
0: I just don't believe it. I think it's Hollywood's way of saying, hey, you know, don't be mad at us for making millions of dollars. We're trying to help. We're the good guys, you know, right? It just, it reeks of that to me. In a in a land where everything is fake, I don't believe that this is real. All right. Uh, I think he has some more pretty, uh, pretty interesting quotes here. So play some more of Tom Cruise going on a tirade on the Mission Impossible set. This audio is everywhere, so... But uh, no, no take quite like the adorable boys take. So here we go.
1: Tell it to the people that are losing their f- homes, because our industry is shut down. It's not going to put food on their table or pay for their college education. That's what I sleep with every night.
0: In the future of industry. Tell it to the people who are losing their homes and put food on their table and can't pay for the college education. Uh, that's what he sleeps with at night. The future of the industry. It's this stuff was written for him. There's no doubt in my mind, no doubt. And and I looked actually looked it up because I mean I don't know that I, Tom Cruise can say other people's words. You know, as an actor, he's a good. He's a good actor. But I'm wondering if he can come up with them. And in his you know f- what 40 year entertainment career. He's got, like, writing credits for two things, and one is, I forget, well, one is, is just a rumored thing, I think. Let me look it up here. Actually, I have it right here. Okay, he has two writing credits. This is IMDb. Untitled Tom Cruise SpaceX Project, and, that, and then it has in parentheses, Idea. So I don't think anything's been written for that yet. And then Days of Thunder Story, which, you know, could have been him just putting one or two ideas in, but whatever. I don't know. Maybe he wrote the whole thing. I have no idea. But he didn't write much. And and this stuff was this stuff was written for him. There's no doubt in my mind. You know, and that's my that's my opinion. It's big news going everywhere. I don't believe it for a second. Okay, we'll move on to some other news. I think we've given uh, Tom Cruise what for? Okay, Congress. Um, well, the government passed a. Uh, they they you know settled their funding for the year, uh, and in that was a COVID-19 relief bill. I think every individual's getting six hundred. I don't know exactly how it works out. Every house, I don't know. I read somewhere that the uh, the Treasury, the Secretary of the Treasury, said that it'll be twenty four hundred for a family of four. Really, I mean, you know, we're paying ourselves. I'd be, you know, they're just giving us our money back that that they took from us, really. But um, there's a lot of stuff going on around line, gone out online about all these. um, foreign, like all these things that this, the, the stimulus bill includes, uh, it's not necessarily the stimulus bill, however, and people point that out that like, cause here's a, here's a few numbers. And I don't even know if these numbers are true. They probably are though. Uh, 1 billion to the Sison- Smithsonian, 40 million to the Kennedy center, one hundred fifty-four million to the national art gallery, 167 million national foundation of arts and humanities, blah, blah, blah. Um, and that's being reported, I think, as part of the stimulus bill, but I think it's just part of the government funding. I mean, if you're against it, though, it doesn't matter what it's a part of. Why is the government spending our money on that? Is It's a question. I'm all for arts and humanities. Should it be something funded and subsidized by the government to this to this level? I mean, I'd like to see where all that money goes. Because here, if the government could properly fund things, and this is how the adorable boys always feel, if the government could properly properly fund things, I'd be fine with it. But there's corruption, there's waste, there's all this stuff. So 150 million to who are one billion to the Smithsonian. How many of that is going to bureaucrats who get jobs because of who they are? Maybe they don't even really do anything. And how many is going you know to enrich the artistic you know uh, soul of America, which is a worthy pursuit? Is it a one billion dollar pursuit? I don't know, but um. You know, and then there's a whole bunch of foreign aid in there too, which also is isn't necessarily part of the COVID bill. The COVID bill is part of the the funding bill. But you know, it is money either way, and we're giving it to other countries. I know we're giving you know millions to Pakistan, million you know all these places. Is that how our money is best spent? Especially when, you know, we're looked at how we're looked at throughout the the world. Um, I don't know. I I mean, we're giving money to all these different countries, and yet. You know, they turn around and call us racist and terrible and all that. So, you know, it's it's big government. That's what they do. I don't know how you could be surprised at it. I might not like it, but I'm not surprised. That's what they do. So. You know, it, it, if we want something different, we got to vote for something different. I know Rand Paul came out and said he was going to vote against it. You know, one of the few people that would say that because... He's going to be called, you know, evil and oh, evil and all that. Um, but he's right there criticizing Republicans and Democrats together, you know, and he's one of the few that do that. In fact, he's. It seems like on this, he's coming down harder on the Republicans. Um, and the bill still has to go to the whole package, the whole bill, whatever, still has to go to uh, Trump, and he has to sign it. I doubt he would veto it. Um, he's not really in a position to do that, I don't think. So I don't think. But uh, reading this article it says Senator Rand Paul addressed the Senate Monday afternoon as they prepared to vote for a nine hundred billion dollar crisis relief package, and he told his fellow Republicans who back the stimulus that they are no better than the Democrats. They criticize who align themselves with socialism. Here's a quote to so-called conservative who are quick conservatives who are quick to identify the socialism of Democrats. If you vote for the spending monstrosity, you are no better. He's right. And he's absolutely right. That's why the adorable boys don't count themselves as conservative or liberal. The adorable boys are the adorable boys. So, I mean, I think it's stupid to align yourself with one party. They they don't think for me. You know, I think for me. The, I think for the adorable boys. Um So, I mean, at least Rand Paul is, is at least... I mean, and he's always had... He's had a history of doing this. Um, I know there was a a bill to give money to for for 11 first responders and people who got sick then, and he voted no, and he was, you know, painted evil. But if you look back, Cory Booker, who's another, uh, you know, politician, he, he made the bill, I think. He, you know, at least co-authored it. And he's a friend of Rand Paul, and he says, you know, I know Rand Paul isn't doing this because he's evil. What Why he did it was because he doesn't... He doesn't like all the the other money that goes to things. So the bill, you know, gives money to 9-11 victims. But it also gives, you know, wastes all this other money. And that's what he's against. And would you call him evil? Or would you call the person or the people that put their own agenda when they attach that to a 9-11 bill? Because they know no one wants to vote against a bill to give people, you know, first responders and other people who got sick from 9-11. No one wants to be the one who votes that they don't get help. Rand Paul, he, he was clear, he said he wants them to have help. Even from the government, he wants that. What he doesn't want is all this stuff attached to it. And I think it's a lot worse. It's a lot more evil to to attach things, because you, you know, attach things that you want. It, it, it's exploiting the, the victim, it really is. But they're never going to get called out for that, only Rand Paul would. Uh, let's see, here's some more quotes from Rand Paul. If free money was the answer if money really did grow on trees why not give more free money he said why not give it out all the time why stop at 600 a person why not 1000 why not 2000 maybe these new free money republicans should join the everybody gets a guaranteed income caucus why not 20000 a year for everybody why not 30 if we could print out money with impunity why not do it he's absolutely right and the thing is we can't print out money with impunity um you know I that's the thing that a lot of, and this is how I've always felt, that you get, there are greedy conservatives who who don't care about other people. That's absolutely true. As there are greedy Democrats who don't care about other people. Democrats seem to have a better publicist. But anyway, but I, I know there are people like the adorable boys. I'm not saying we're conservative, but we want everyone to get what they need. I want everyone to have medical coverage. I want everyone to have a home. I want everyone to have food. I want everyone to have a great education. I want that. The thing is, the government cannot provide it. They cannot, they have not, and they will not. Ever. And that's what we're against. And I think that's what Rand Paul is against. If there was a way the government could provide free healthcare, free quality healthcare, free moral and ethical healthcare, if there was a way they could provide it for every single person, I'm all for it. But they can't. And when they try to, it's not good it just isn't good you hear about all these other countries you know the waiting list for their procedures and and things that are deemed elective but really aren't you know a tumor on an adrenal gland that that's affecting heart rate and all that stuff would be you'd have to wait months and months and months maybe years for that because they don't see it as something that's going to kill you so they wait until it is has affected you so much that it might kill you and then they try to do it, but it doesn't work, and you're you're suffering the whole time. That's what that kind of medical medicine gives you. That's what government-funded, controlled, whatever you want to call it, healthcare. Hap- that's what happens, and it's just what happens. The quality is bad. So we, we, people like me, I'm not a conservative. I'm definitely not a liberal. I want everyone to have everything they need. But going to the government for it is a dead end. And not only is it a dead end, it's it's a black hole. It's like a dead end with a black hole at the end of it. We will will all fall right down that hole. But, you know, there are a lot of people who, if you say that, they'll say, oh, you just hate people. You, You don't want to help people. No. You know, the adorable boys are very rich. Very, very rich. From our years and years in commercial radio. Go Google us if you don't believe me. But throwing money down a hole isn't helping anyone. It just isn't. And that's the the stance of the adorable boys. Always has been. Let's see what else is in the news. Okay, Trump is still pretty much contesting the election, though. Haven't heard much on that in a while. Um You know, we'll see what happens still. I'm not gonna believe that Biden's the president until he's sworn in. That's just how I'm gonna go. And do I believe that there was some malfeasance in this uh, election, I prob—I think I do actually. I don't know if it'll ever be, ever be proven. I don't know to what scale, but something happened. It's just that—that's my opinion. I don't know for sure. I think something happened. Okay, let's see what else we got here. Uh, let's see anything in the news. The news, 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 news. Trump tweets, blah, blah, blah. Biden got the COVID vaccine. Uh, no one cares. The NFL is terrible. I don't care. Notre Dame got killed. If you, if you know the adorable boys, you know we're Notre Dame fans. Notre Dame got killed by Clemson, which, you know, they had their quarterback. They didn't have it because if you didn't know, Notre Dame beat Clemson earlier in the year. Um, Clemson didn't have the quarterback then. They had him now. And Notre Dame got killed. It was, it was kind of... Uh, you know, what we thought would happen, but they are still going to be in the college football playoffs. I say it's unlikely they'll, they'll win it or even win their first matchup, but you never know. Anything can happen. Let's go Notre Dame. That's what I say. Okay. Let's see. Reporter quits job, leaves husband to be with one of America's most hated people. This guy that they're talking about is, uh, the guy, Martin Shkreli. He's the one who bought the I think it was either an AIDS or a um, cancer drug and, like, jacked the price up really high and everyone hated him for it. But a pair, a pair, And then he went to jail. They call him Pharma Bro. Um, oh, here. He first gained notoriety by buying the rights to a drug used to treat an infection that occurs in some AIDS, malaria, and cancer patients. And he raised the price from $13.50 a pill to $750 a pill. And he's 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 typically considered one of the most hated people in America. that's pretty funny um apparently a journalist named Christine Smythe upended her life and stability for to be with him that's uh it's interesting um this guy I always kind of thought was I don't know him he seems like I don't know but he seems like a jerk, but that could be just how the media paints him and uh this woman apparently left her family for him. I don't know. Uh, who cares? That's what I say. I don't think this is news. I just kind of, anything with that guy I find funny. Let's see. Oh, here's Squad vs. Squad. AOC was ripped by her own teammate. Let's see. Ilan Omar slams lawmakers, including AOC, for getting coronavirus vaccine ahead of elderly frontline workers. Now this is what's always going to happen with the left. There's a there's a really smart man named Yaron Brook, and I check him out on Twitter. His, uh, Y-A-R-O-N, and then B-R-O-O-K. very smart guy um objectivist guy he does he does a whole bunch of different shows and he made a point that i that i really think is smart he said that he's more scared of the right uniting behind an ideal something like a a christian ideal to 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 fuel their party and uniting behind that and becoming very powerful he doesn't think the left can do that because they can't unite under an ideal one ideal because that that once they're always changing things, you know, no, they're so fragmented and, and they all their, their motivations are so off they all want to be in, you know, the one and and things change, so they kind of really eat themselves. And I, I assume that's what's happening here. Uh, let's see Rep Ilhan Omar criticized the fellow lawmakers of the weekend for putting themselves ahead of frontline workers and vulnerable populations who says should receive the coronavirus vaccine first. As members of Congress began to receive the doses, Omar said on Twitter that it was shameful for lawmakers to be prioritized for the vaccine. We are not more important than frontline workers, teachers, etc., who are making sacrifices every day, which is why I won't take it. People who need it most should get it. Good point. I mean, especially younger ones, younger politicians, they're at a much lower risk. Younger people in general. Um... But yeah, teachers and frontline workers, you would think they would get it first. But, you know, they're not important. Not when it comes to the... What is what is Biden, 90 years old? The 90-year-old president-elect president, president elect, somehow got voted in. Which is, is boggling, mind-boggling to me. It's so mind-boggling, I couldn't even say the word mind. And so, that's how mind-boggling it is. Uh, let's see, the Congresswoman made similar comments in an interview with CNN last week, where she said, Prioritizing White House staff was disturbing. Uh, majority Mitch McConnell. Omar's fellow squad member Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez received a dose over the weekend and made herself available to answer questions about the experience in social media. Okay, I, why would I ask her about getting the coronavirus vaccine? I re- what, what is, what, is what, what information does she have? What knowledge does she have? I know she's not a scientist. She's barely a politician. I don't. I don't get. I don't base anything off of what politicians do. Only. I mean, only to make fun of them, which is just an endless, endless supply of of material for that. They're keeping us in business, honestly. I never. You know, when the op- opportunity comes to buy real estate or a house or something, I never say to myself, "Well, what would uh, what would Steny Hoyer do, or what would Alexandra Ocasio Cortez or or Mitch McConnell, what would they do in this situation? I'm going to see what they would do. Would they buy this real estate? Would they do this? No. I'm not going to trust them with, with, you know, my health either. I am no more, I am less likely to get it because these people are getting it. I don't care. And of course, as I said before, they're a lot more important apparently than us. So who knows what they're getting, what we're getting. Who knows? Who honestly knows? Um, I just, I, I don't understand. It's the biggest, like, they're so out of touch. To think that, oh, well, she got it. I'm going to get it. I can't imagine people think like that. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm out of touch. I hope not, because I don't know. uh Let's see. Dr. Anthony Fauci, the nation's leading expert on infectious diseases, recommended that leaders like President Trump and President-elect Joe Biden receive the vaccine as soon as possible for security and safety reasons. Um, Trump, who is who has not yet received his vaccine, previously said he thought White House staff should receive doses later in the program. Huh. Uh, Trump contracted the virus in October, but it's not clear how long immunity, immunity lasts. So, Pence received his vaccine. I imagine the immu- he's he's got the immunity still. At least I'm not a scientist, so I am as smart as one. Um, that's probably why he hasn't gotten it. Yet. So, I don't know. I just like I like watching politicians eat each other. You know. Um. It's just where's all their hate going to go when Trump isn't here anymore? Whether it's you know this year, or whether it's four years from now, or whether you know he runs again, Whenever whatever we don't have Trump anymore, you know all this hate that he brought to the surface is this ugly hate of most of the of mostly the left side, but also some in the right side, the ones that don't support him. Where's all of it going to go? You know, it's got to find somewhere to go. They're gonna direct it somewhere. Maybe at each other, you know. I don't I wouldn't mind that. Okay. Any other news? Let's see. I know you come to us for your, America gets its news from the adorable boys. So I want to make sure I have everything covered, everything that you need to know. I want to I want to give you what you need to know and I want to filter out the garbage. That's what I want. Squad member Ayana Presley says inmates should be prioritized for vaccine. That makes sense. Uh, let's see. Virgin I don't know. Ooh, Californians can expect a larger lockdown, says Newsom. We had Newsom on the uh, on the game show earlier. Let's see what this says. He said Monday he would likely extend his state stay-at-home order. Uh, based on all the data, Democrats, uh, it's very likely that we're going to extend the stay-at-home order. It was set to expire on December 30th for the southern part of his state. Uh, let's see. Overall, the state has nearly 1.9 million cases with 37,892 newly recorded on Monday. A uh, number of people ho- hospitalized is more than double the state's previous peak reached in July. Um, the news came, blah, blah. I don't know. Uh, I've seen a lot of science, and, and it just makes sense. I've seen a lot of data, not science. I'm, I sound like one of those idiots now. Um, I've seen a lot of data. I don't think lockdowns work. I think responsible you know, uh, practices are are what's best. Lockdowns are, are terrible for a million reasons. And it's, they're not that effective at stopping the virus, you know that it's, it, it. We've seen it, but they're gonna keep locking us down. They're gonna keep doing all this garbage. Some states haven't though. Some states have done well, even you know with higher numbers, they haven't locked down. And I think that's a smart thing to do. So, and I don't know. There's a movement to recall uh, Gavin Newsom. So for any of the adorable boy fans living in California, sign that petition. And uh, hopefully get him out of there. Get someone some kind of sense in there. Maybe vote for Adam Carolla. I'd vote for Adam Carolla if I lived there. Okay. I think that's all the news that's fit to air right now. And uh, we want to thank you for joining us on the Adorable Boy podcast. We had so much fun. Uh, the Who Wants to Be a COVID Governor was gangbusters. Went over at gangbusters. I know all, all the Adorable Boy disciples love it out there. Um a call from Randy the Rocket Rosenthal. Thank you so much for calling us. We love to hear from you whenever, whenever you want to get on that phone or come in. Vito the Vegan Guido made vegan chicken parmesan. Um, he kind of held his temper in check today, which was nice. Maybe he'll be back next week. Maybe we'll give him a, a week rest or something. See what else we did. Oh, we did the very very special Christmas edition of the podcast uh, War. A nice little poem for Mister Cornet. And we had so much fun. And I want to thank you all for being here on this edition of the Adorable Boy Podcast. And we want to wish you the very, very merriest of Christmases. Uh, You know, we started this podcast this year. After a few years off, we used to be on regular radio. And you guys have just been so warm and so welcoming. And we just want you to have whatever holiday you celebrate. I'll say Merry Christmas because that's what I celebrate. Whatever you do, I want you to have the best one possible. I hope you had a great Hanukkah, if if that's your thing. Whatever it is. Uh, just have a great one and and know that the adorable boys love you, and we're gonna be here for you. We got another episode in this year and then twenty twenty one the year of the adorable boys. We can feel it, you can feel it in our veins. so thank you again from the bottom of our hearts for coming along on this wild ride with the adorable boys. We love you all. If you want to get in touch with us. We go on uh Twitter at adorable Podcast. Instagram, at Adorable Podcast. Facebook, The Adorable Boy Podcast. AOL keyword, Adorable Podcast. Again, Merry Christmas. Happy Kwanzaa, happy Hanukkah, happy whatever. We love you all. This is The Adorable Boys signing off and saying, have a great night.